Greetings, fiends, cryptids, and omens, and welcome back to another episode of My Boyfriend's Record Collection. My name's Amanda. And I'm Jason. And this is a podcast where we talk about relationships, music, and our relationship with music. Every week we pick a random album from My Boyfriend's Record Collection and discuss the album, the vinyl, the critical reception, and how it makes us feel. What album are we talking about today, Jason? Today we are talking about the seventh studio album. From hip-hop artist Aesop Rock, a.k.a. Big Bad Bazooka Tooth, a.k.a. Ian Babbitts, The Impossible Kid. Wow. Uh, This is kind of a significant one because this is one of the first albums that you ever sent me as kind of like a taste of your music taste. This is, you know, I don't want to... I don't want to give away the review too much, but this is by far the most accessible Definitely. Like, ASAP Rock album. Definitely. And it's one and it's probably his most popular next to like Nunshot Pass, I think. And definitely for me, like the aesthetics <laughs> of this album are my favorite. Like you mm-hmm. uh, had a hoodie, yeah, <laughs> yeah with I... um Kirby the kitten, the one eyed kitten on the back, yep. and uh, that's my hoodie now. Yep. I bought that. <laughs> I bought that when I saw him live on this tour. Oh, cool. Yeah. Uh, but before we get into that, are we going to check in with the, uh, yeah. my boyfriend's news corner? Yeah. So I had initially intended to talk about the, um, uh, so Rolling Stone, the, the magazine puts out these lists every once in a while and it, it, it always dominates music discourse on Twitter. Uh, for a couple of days, you know, it's all the top 500 albums of all time, the top 100 grunge albums. You know, all right. That shit. So, people are always going to have an issue with any kind yeah. of major publication making a list like that. But this one yeah. was specifically. Well, they put out the top 100 metal songs of all time. And I saw a bunch of people complaining about it on my Twitter. And I, I, I meant to like I wanted to talk about this on the show. Um, and then every time I pulled up the list to like start reading it. Uh, my eyes just glazed over and I just like could not be bothered to give a shit about the Rolling Stone. It's like, I don't know. It, it's, it's, it's like giving a shit about the Grammys. Yeah. It's like, obviously they don't know anything about metal. Like it's cool that Blood and Thunder by Mastodon's on there. Definitely. It's cool that like 43% Burnt by uh, Dillinger is on there. But it's also like. Seven of the top fifty spots are taken up by Metallica. Yeah, four four out of the top ten are taken up by Black Sabbath slash Ozzy Osbourne, and yeah. it's like it's like who cares? It's like so to me. Um, <laughs> I kind of think they did it on purpose. I, I do too. Like it feels like rage bait because like they clearly got somebody that is not yeah. super into metal to make the list. Right, and I'm not saying like Ozzy and Metallica aren't metal. No, obviously, they're just, like they're just looking at like the the Spotify most popular yeah. metal tracks of all time or some shit yeah, like that. Yeah, and that runs into a danger. Um, There's this very famous line from the book Memoirs of a Geisha of people don't understand the difference between what is good and mm-hmm. what they've heard of. Right. And um, definitely getting more into music with you as we've been together. Yeah. Um, I've been able to distinguish that line. Right. You know, like Iron Man yeah. is definitely on that list of greatest metal songs of all time. Do I think it's yeah. the greatest metal song of all time? No. no. Dude, I find it a little boring. The the highest the highest rated of the Black Sabbath songs they have was Paranoid. Really? And, and I'm sorry. I, I know it's like their most popular. I hate that song. Right? It sucks. Uh, I love Black Sabbath and I hate the song Paranoid. Like I actually do like a lot of Black Sabbath, but like yeah, Paranoid just It's so boring. Yeah. He just sings the riff the entire time. It's He does. It's just a boring ass song. Yeah, there's just there's so much more work 
work out there that like yeah. Ozzy and his peers have done that I feel like is worthy of a little bit more celebration. So it's well, just it's you one know. of those things where it's like if you wanted to be like, oh, we gotta pick like the obvious choice for like number one, then go with Black Sabbath by Black Sabbath, like yeah. the song Black Sabbath. Yeah, that, that's that's a much more like agreeable pick. But anyway. The point I was trying to get <laughs> was that I'm not going to talk about the Rolling Stone list. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, we, we, we just spent five minutes yeah, talking I about know. the Rolling Stone list. I know. Uh, because, like, I had this idea. I just wanted to do, like, there's a bunch of new albums that have come out, and I wanted to do some rapid fire, like, quick album reviews. Oh, hell yeah. Because, um, uh, yeah, go ahead. One of my new favorite albums just yes. dropped the new 100 Gex album. Yeah, so, uh, rapid fire going through these real quick new shushu album it's very good it's very uh oppressive and atmospheric and dark um perfect if you're into things like lingua ignota and also uh haunted house music from the 50s um what yeah (laughs) no i'm serious is it just like a lot of theremins kind of I love that. It, 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 it's straight, like a lot of it does sound like haunted house sounds Ooh. Um, uh the new alice longu gao put out uh, her debut album, even though it's only it's still only like eight tracks and nineteen minutes long, we're calling it an album. Um, I love Alice because yeah. she just stays putting out music, and then she's like, "No, but the album is coming." It's great. It's just some some bombastic, fun, loud hyper pop. Yep. Uh, that's called "Let's Hope Heteros Fail, Learn, and Retire." Hell yeah! Kali uh, Uchi's put out "Red Moon and Venus," her first English album since 2016, I think. And or 2018, I, 2018. This is another one that I was really excited about. Very good. Um, it's in my head. It definitely conjures images of Sailor Moon, and I'm not quite mm-hmm. sure why. I think it's just like that type of it's, romanticism. It's very ethereal. Yeah, too. yeah. Definitely uh, all my Mooney girlies. Check out the new yeah. Caliuchis. Yeah, great, great pop music. Uh, Slow tie put out ugly. Uh, I love it. It is literally since the first time I heard Doorman by Slow Tide. This is the album that I've been waiting for him to make. Mm-hmm. This is uh, perfect in my opinion. It's uh, the best album he's done. Uh, it's very therapeutic. It's very personal. Uh, I hope my my only hope is that next time he kind of like because his first album is all like politics, right? And then his second album is more of like the personal stuff. And I kind of hope that now. He takes the sound of this album and then puts more of the like political stuff back into it for yeah, his next one. Yeah, definitely. I think definitely. there's a lot of ground to tread there. Uh, Radical Romantics by Fever Ray. Uh, also very good, very very spooky. Definitely more accessible than the Shushu album. Definitely, um, definitely. <laughs> if you're if you're an art school goth, you're gonna love this one. Uh, you know, uh, Fever Ray stays putting out uh, interesting and challenging music while also still being kind of catchy i found out later on that my favorite track on the album is called even and out which uh i didn't know when i first listened to it but i know now is produced by trent Reznor and atticus ross yeah that track so of that's course it's my your, favorite album that's your kryptonite anything that they've touched you're just like this is gold <laughs> periphery five gent is not a genre by periphery uh i think it's really good i've listened to it a couple of times now um a little too long. Yeah. It's an hour and 10 minutes long. Yeah, uh, we could have trimmed a song or two there. Yeah, huh? hold on. Oh, shit. What's oh, happened? okay. It, 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 it's fine. It wasn't playing. Oh, okay. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, the Periphery album. It's one of, Periphery's 
a band that kind of doesn't really know where they want to go with their sound. It feels like they're kind of torn between being a like sweeping progressive, um, you know, sweeping progressive, like between the Barry to me kind of band, but also having like these huge pop hooks. Uh, and so on this album, it feels like they didn't really know exactly where they wanted to go with it. So they just kind of mashed those two together to make these like, eight and nine minute long tracks that do have these big pop hooks but it's also like when i when i listen to it i tend to listen to it all the way through and um i don't always remember which songs these hooks came from that's fair (laughs) that's a very common issue i have with periphery it's kind of interesting because to me it feels like they're trying to lean a little bit more into like progressive pop metal like like uh coheed did on their last album which i fucking loved that last coheed album i think i'm the only person that's like this is my favorite coheed well with the coheed album i wouldn't even they just went straight pop yeah like they didn't try to do like 10 minute songs that also have the like disappearing act hook on them you know that's true like the last three songs on that album are very much their own thing and everything leading up to it is pop and my brain went yes this this is the sound and even those i think the longest track is like six and a half minutes long you know yeah it's still pretty uh, restrained yeah uh Cracker Island by Gorillas. So good. It's fine. Oh my god, I loved it. <laughs> I again, like I feel like there's been several albums that have come out like this that you're like, yeah, it's okay. And I'm just yeah. like, oh, this makes my brain make happy juice. <laughs> um, that's I all li- I've been listening to at work lately. <laughs> I like Silent Running a lot. I like Skinny Ape. Uh, and I like the title track. You liked Oil the first time you listened to it. And you had the same complaint I yeah, had. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not Ste- enough Stevie. Yeah, it's weird that they got Stevie next to be on the track, and she's basically a backup singer. Um, but anyway, and finally, I saved this one for last because I know it's the one that you have a lot to say about. Uh, the new album from 100 Gex, their first album in five years. Five fucking 10, years. 10,000 Gex. Oh my God. Oh my God. This album, you guys. Um, So I actually spent like six hours yesterday making some of our friends' playlists <laughs> and it was all a long con because all of those playlists have 100 Gex on them. You have been all of you yes. deceived. <laughs> For another playlist was made. I'm kidding. Yeah. Um, but no, I... I am. I've been waiting for this Hundred Gex mm-hmm, album for a too. very long time. Um, since Me 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 came out, I was like, I think pop music is going to start to sound very much like this. Yeah. I really hope it takes off. I really hope it's massive. Um, uh, especially tracks like Dumbest Girl Alive. Yeah. I think a lot of people will resonate with. I it's it's very it's very cool for me because I've been following Gex uh, since uh, One Thousand Gex came yep, out. Yep. Uh, all the, all the way back in 2017, I've been a huge fan. I discovered uh, Money Machine, like most people do, thinking it's kind of a meme, being like, you know, haha, this song's so right? silly. They're so crazy, and, then, uh, and yeah. then it's like they're actually artists. Oh my god! Well, yeah, and then I like listen, I like <laughs> listened to the whole album, and I was like, oh shit, this is like good. Yeah. And, and then it's it's been so cool to watch, like in the time between 100 Gex albums, like an entire genre has yeah. like popped up yeah like hyper pop did not exist when 1000 gex came out people were no. still calling it pc music yeah definitely um and um it's been really cool to see especially like laura less i mean also dylan dylan is like i don't i don't know is he on the, is he part of the alphabet mafia dylan 
Yeah. Uh, I have no idea. Because if not, like, he's the only ally that gets to have an ally. Like, <laughs> yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, right. Dylan Brady has just been the most supportive partner oh, yeah. in music that I think Laura Les could have. And it's been very cool for me. Because um, when I got into the fandom, was about when, like, we started dating in 2020. And she was still uh, very much, like, pitch shifting her vocals and doing yeah. a lot of auto tune and stuff. And so, like, culminating from, like, listening to her kind of hide behind her production a little right. bit to watching her sing live to open for my chemical romance last year it's just it's a very satisfying parasocial relationship that i have with laura less i'm so proud of her (laughs) and also the album itself is a very satisfying like evolution it is of of their sound there's a lot more live instrumentation on it a lot of guitar yeah dylan really Uh, shows off like some of his sicker riffs like some of it it's very new metal well and laura too yeah laura Laura plays guitar on um one million dollars oh i didn't realize Uh, that was her own one million dollars at least when we saw them live that's uh, right she was doing all of the crazy like soloing and shit on that song yeah they're just really like flexing their muscles as artists and it's just really incredible to see and it underpins something I've been saying since the first 100 Gex album came out. New metal is back, baby. Hell yeah, let's go. It's like there's, I think, the most peak new metal moment I've seen this week, which I, know, I guess this is my news corner thing, is Lizzo covering Du Haas. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. making the entire arena sing along with her. Yeah. Well, it makes sense. She was performing in Germany. Yeah, so it she, makes when sense. When she did that. Yeah. And, so, and, and Rammstein is basically like, you know germany like national heroes in germany yeah like they're they're the biggest band you could possibly be over in germany they're the german metallica yeah i mean uh, shit i like i would put them <laughs> even above like they're practically german taylor swift like, <laughs> like, like if, if you think about it in like relative terms yeah. of like popularity that's true that's very true yeah like the i mean if you haven't like seen ramstein like live shows look up what their like stage production looks like not it's you mom insane. mom do not look up Rammstein live shows i love you so much <laughs> you would not enjoy it i'll no, just do that just do the one where he has like the fire bow or something you know, oh yeah that, one one's, the, that one's a safer one. one one of the ones that's just pyrotechnics <laughs> not not uh did you know so we watched uh, this an aside uh a few weeks ago we watched um uh, uh holiday kirk on twitch stream the uh Family Values Tour from 1997, yeah. where Ramstein played, and they they do that bit where uh, he he pretend he pretends to fuck the like keyboard player, yep. with with a like fake penis, yep, and stuff, and like the cra- <laughs> like you've never heard a crowd turn on a band so quickly yeah. as when he does that. I did not know this. After that show that we watched, he got arrested. Really? Yeah, the, like they arrested him. They thought it was real. Oh my god! <laughs> they <laughs> they arrested him for indecent exposure. <laughs> and you know, I don't know. I think there is an argument to be made there. Like maybe I don't know. I mean, I don't look, know. I don't. I don't feel like going into describing it too much. But like, you can look up the video of them doing it, and after about ten seconds. Any anyone who thinks it's real isn't using their brain. Like right. sorry, yeah, like, but you'll like, see what I mean if you look it up. But yeah, like I'm not for censorship or anything, but uh, <laughs> I get where that happened. Yeah, <laughs> I think I think more bands uh, need to do shit on stage that they could possibly be arrested for. You know, if if you want to complain about cancer culture, let's do something to get. Canceled I mean, there's over. still time for Pussy Riot to beat the shit out of Roddy Ricky. That's Rocky. true. Let's do it. You know. Um, <laughs> 
So anyway, I got, that's that's it. That's, that's all our I news have. corner that's, for today. Uh, go listen to all of those albums. Uh, none of them are metal albums because I haven't found uh, that good. Well, well, the Periphery albums metal. I'm dumb. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> all but one. Yeah, none of them are none of them are like ugly metal albums. The Periphery album is very not ugly. It's very clean and very polished and very produced. Mm-hmm. Um, very accessible for a yeah, periphery for sure. Per- I mean. Periphery in general, I feel, is like one of the more accessible like metal bands out there yeah. right now. You know, they've got songs like "It's Only Smiles" and yeah, you know, that are just huge pop. Anyway, uh, so let's let's talk about your personal history with this yeah. album, "The Impossible Kid" by Aesop Rock. So, when this album came out, it was a huge deal. I was already a massive Aesop Rock fan. Um, I had been into him since. Uh, about 2011, like right before Skeleton came out. <clears throat> I initially discovered ASAP Rock all the way back in 2011 because um, when I had my first smartphone, this is going to take a little bit of explaining, I feel like. When I had my first smartphone, uh, before streaming music was a thing, um, I was messing around with it and there was an, uh, the music player that I was using. I was using one. I can't remember what it was called, but it was meant to look like like a Zune, mm-hmm. just because I liked the way Zunes were laid out. Yeah, like I liked the style of them. R.I.P. Zune. Yeah, so I download. I mean, R.I.P. Third party music players on your phone. Yeah. But uh, so I downloaded this music player that looked like Zune, and uh, it had a feature on there that was for internet radio. Now, when I say internet radio, I'm not talking about like pandora or slacker like these algorithms i mean what they did was they uh aggregated every like fm radio station that had streaming because if you don't know this basically every radio station streams on their website like you can go and listen to 98.9 or whatever the fuck on their website right now if you want to mm-hmm. if you uh, want to yeah so <laughs> uh all of this app did was take all of those and aggregate it so you can just listen to them through this app and they had it separated by genre one of the cool things is there was also a lot of college radio on there and a lot of people just doing guerrilla style like internet radio right but, uh, because that was a thing at the time so it was at a time where i had kind of decided because I liked Lupe Fiasco, that I was like, I'm going to get into hip hop. Mm-hmm. Like I, I decided I'm uh, I'm going to see what hip hop is about. I found the tag like alternative hip hop mm-hmm. on this music player, and I was like, okay, I'm what is alternative hip hop? Because I never even heard that phrase before. Right. Um. I the first song that comes up is None Shall Pass by Aesop Rock, and I'm like, this is incredible. <laughs> like, <laughs> this is all I want to listen to now. Uh, so that's how I discovered ASAP Rock. A little later, he came out with the album Skeleton, which is probably still my personal favorite uh, ASAP Rock album. And the thing about Skeleton is it's a very dark and like very personal album. And then after that, he did a bunch of like side projects. Right. Because that's when he did all the Included albums. Yeah, right? he did the Included. He did Hail Mary Malin. And I... I think that's it. I don't think he did Lice yet. Maybe he did. Maybe he did Lice also in, in between Skeleton and The Impossible Kid. Uh, the Uncluded with Kimia Dawson, Hail Mary Mellon with Rob Sonic, and Lice with Homeboy Sandman. Um, and the thing about that is, so he talks a lot, he talked a lot in interviews, like while he was doing the Hail Mary Mellon stuff, he talked a lot about how, 
Oh, Hail Mary Mallon is helping me loosen up and be a little bit more jokey in my songs, be a little bit less serious, right? you know, and be a little bit more accessible. And then when he was doing the Uncluded albums, he talked about how doing Uncluded is helping me open up a little bit more, be a yeah. little bit more personal, be a little bit more open. Uh, Kimya Dawson seems yeah. to have that effect on people. So this this album is the culmination of all of those side projects that he did. I feel like I love like, that. like if you like there's such a clear through line if you listened to Skeleton and then Hail Mary Mallet stuff and then the Uncluded stuff and then listen to this album, it's like you can clearly see uh how we got here. Right. Because this is like I said, this is the most accessible ASAP rock album. Uh it's also the most personal ASAP rock album. Other, I mean, maybe Skeleton's a little bit more personal, but it's not as specific. Yeah. Because um, that's the thing. Aesop Rock, if you don't know, it, he's been around for a long time. Like I said, this is his seventh album. Uh, he is kind of the underground hero in like hip hop. He's like the rapper's rapper yes. guy. His whole thing is he... Uh, he's known for having like the widest vocabulary of any rapper working like there was a chart that a long time ago someone made where they like analyzed rap lyrics and Aesop Rock was like so far to the right. Yeah, it was something insane. Like it was like 1.4 million different words or something. Like, Uh, And um, they had to like redo the chart just to like fit him on there. (laughs) Um, And so this album comes around and the songs are pretty easy to follow. Like, it's pretty easy to tell what he's talking about. Yeah, I would say songs. this is a very accessible entry yeah. point to Aesop Rock. This yeah. is how I got into Aesop Rock. This is definitely, like, if you're trying to get someone to listen to... Even if you're trying to get them to listen to, like, alternative hip-hop in general. Yeah. This is probably a great album to start them with. You know who's going to like this album? Who? Our moms. Maybe. Uh, I've already... My, my mom has already listened to Aesop Rock and does not like it. <laughs> she... She describes stuff like this as a word salad. You know what? That's fair. Yeah. Which, to be fair... If you don't have, like, an ear for, for it, yeah. you know... I know what she listened to was Malibu Ken, which mm-hmm. is the album he did with uh, Tobacco. hmm The guy from Black Moth Super Rainbow. Uh, anyway, let's go ahead and start this off. With some mystery fish. First trek. One eye on the breadcrumbs, other eye on the drink crumb, other other eye on the income. Good knife in the grin, shoot dice with the lice in the ringworms. Peg leg, smells like many, wake in the night. 
night, make a pipe out of anything. Take five, take a dive, and a celebrate. Turn five and a five, six, seven, eight. Back out, blackout, somewhere fancy. Shake in the backseat of Aesop's Camry, dude. Seat full of chips and sandwich, meat from the crypt in the end. If you give an address and a rib or a piss, don't question a mystery fish. Just picture shrimp on a pillow of grits. Close your eyes, lick your lips. I'm at the cafe ordering a cup of fresh. Sarah gave me two, I gave one a Rex. He said fools ain't shit, plus fuck the pigs. They can never understand what Sumner is. Word up, word up. Word up, I'm off grid, I'm through the gate, I fly these kites into the fray. Word up, word up, word up, I'm out the box, I'm through the bus, I fly these kites into the cut. Alright, he's coming out swinging. He is. This is, like, this is probably my favorite intro track of any of his albums, I think. He, he, just, he just comes out and he hits you with, like, his, that that signature like nonstop uh I I like to call it a circular flow yeah you know um also I gotta say we uh uh I I really got to get a handle on the format of this show yeah so the <laughs> oh no we didn't get into the history of the album no I mean not that but like uh we didn't talk about like reviews and stuff oh yeah uh, i mean it, it, it's a universally acclaimed album for the most part it's got an 85 on metacritic uh it's got on album of the year was it have it's got a 78 critic score on album of the year most people gave it around an eight notably spin magazine gave it a five out of ten saying almost every track on the impossible kid is indistinguishable from the next blending together in a way that converts the man's talent into his fatal flaw due in part to the forgettable beats which i disagree mm-hmm. uh mostly because one of the things i always praise this album for specifically is um the drums right the drum i mean Ace- the drums on Aesop rock albums in general are always just so perfect um, and this is no exception. He always, he loves using like live drums or if not actual live drums, he will have like drum samples. Right. As opposed to using like MIDI drums and 808s and stuff. Right. Like that works if you're Kenny Beats, but yeah, you know, I mean, even Kenny Beats, you know, will use live, like live drums just sound better. They do. Like they just do. It adds a whole nother personality. Right. Uh, you know, people, uh, th- that's one thing that I always look for in like hip hop and stuff is because people will say, um, uh, you know, people will say like, Oh, like I check out if it has like bad lyrics or they don't have an interesting flow or, you know, and all that stuff. And it's like, all that's true to an extent to me, but to me it, it comes down to the drums. Yeah. If, if you've got boring drums, then I'm not going to listen to your song. Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, and according to Aesop yeah. on Genius, uh, <laughs> the description is a screenshot of a tweet. Uh-huh. Mystery Fish is about the alley I used to live in in San Francisco. Always yep. a wild time. Yeah, it's the, this is just a very simple, you know, he's just kind of... Right. You know, uh, you know, it's all it's all about growing, you know, living in living in some alley on, on Sumter Street. Yep. You know, fools ain't shit plus fuck the pigs. They can never understand what Sumter is. It's just like... Yeah. Very descriptive. Like, he's very much a storyteller. Oh, yeah, for sure. Um, the next song, I feel like uh, you will, you probably relate to a lot being a visual artist. Yep. This song is called Rings.
I used to draw. Portraiture in a human form. Doodle of a two-headed unicorn. It was soothing. Moving his arm in a fusion of man-made tools and amused from beyond. Even if it went beautifully wrong, it was tangible truth for a youth to refuse to belong. No-name nuisance. Who's in a bedroom? Who's in a brand-new cuneiform? Barely commune with the horde. Got a whole grayscale uncluing his world. Might zone amp to the app of the magpie. Unseen hand dragging his graphite. Cross contour, a little bit of backlight. Black ink after a bristle to backwise. You can imagine what a rush of two when you get three dimensions stacked in a two. Then it's off to a school where it's only get two. Being trained and observed by a capable few. Back in New York by peeps and a dog in a two bedroom. Doing menial jobs. Plus rhyming and stealing and being a clock. Distractions, freedom abroad. I left some years of giving a light. I left some will to spirit away. I let my fears materialize. I let my skills deteriorate. Horn about a thought of what I should have been continuing a mission that was rooted in a 20 year affinity and rickety condition with an ID crisis. Snap on the front lawn, look up in the sky. It's shapes falling out of the fringe. All heart though, we would have made cowardly kings. They will chop you down just to count your rings. Just to count your rings. Just to count your rings. And now we're. Oh boy, do I have feelings about this song as an artist on the internet? Real, real quick, I just want to say uh, I think it's to be illegal for websites to have auto-playing ads with sound on them. So if you heard some weird noises while that song was playing, that's what was happening. There was an ad playing uh, on the album of the year. Sorry. Website. That's not your fault. <laughs> you, you didn't code that website. Did you? I mean, maybe. <laughs> My memory's getting uh, so bad these days. Yeah. Rings was the first single out of seven, I believe. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven singles. Jeez. For this album. Uh, almost half of the... Yeah, about half of the album was singles. I mean, I don't blame them because this is bangers like yes. front to back for me oh yeah like if i wrote this album i would be like yes and this is a single and this one over here's mm -hmm. a single too and that one over there i kind of have a feeling maybe somebody at the label was like okay so yeah. they can't all be singles but i i, I think I, I just think that rhyme sayers knew that they had they had something here right you know they <sighs> they, they had an album that could get some real play uh in in the scene and so they were just pumping out. And, and granted, we watched all of these music videos. Yeah, there was a lot of music videos for this album, too. Most of them are fairly, like, lower budget. Yeah. You know what I mean? You had the video for Kirby, which is just, like, the puppet playing with the kitten. Mm -hmm. Lazy Eye and... Uh, Lazy Eye and... What was the other one? Dorks? I think it was Dorks. But yeah, this one was particularly good with the practical effects yes. for Rings. Yeah, with the the stop motion. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and also like the um, FX kind of slightly gore makeup mm -hmm. during the autopsy portion yeah. of the video. Um, <sighs> but yeah, man, people really will uh, just cut you down to count your rings yeah. on the internet. Uh, like that stupid little Furby comic I made. Yeah, made its rounds on Facebook. Oh no! And there were people like critiquing. Like my lighting, yeah, and like the shadows and the cross hatching was inconsistent, and I'm like, oh my Mother God. motherfuckers, this is a yeah. comic about Furby. Have you ever seen a web comic in your life? <laughs> right. Um. <laughs> but I mean, that's just that's what the internet is, and you gotta like um, yeah. temper yourself and not look at the criticism as much. Mm -hmm. I mean, definitely like somebody made several points about it was really hard for an image descriptor to read the text because of the way I stretched it. And I'm like, that's valid criticism. Yeah. 
Well, I mean, I guess that, like, you, you kind of just circumvent that by using, like, alt text. Exactly. You know? Yeah. Yeah, you, you don't necessarily need to sacrifice the the visual aesthetic. No, but I totally um, get where Aesop is coming from. And sometimes yeah. you just want to be like, I'm just never going to draw anything again. And yes. then you fuckers won't have anything to say. So if you don't know, this song <coughs> is essentially about Aesop, Aesop's, like, regret over... Um, because uh, uh, dropping out of art school mm-hmm. in order to pursue his rap career, right? And he's kind of looking back on that, and uh, you know, Aesop, uh, he kind of hates being a musician. Mm-hmm. You know, he hates musicians. He hates hanging around other musicians. He right. He he talks a lot about how all of his friends are visual artists. Yes, because they don't have the ego that comes with being a musician. That's like on stage a lot, and you know, having like adoring people. You know, constantly cheering for you. You don't really get that when you're a visual artist. No, you do, um, but like only in like a comment section right, at right, most. Right. But they're not, it's like you're not physically on a stage with yeah, like a crowd you, of people. That like that changes your mind. It really does. It's a very different perspective. And what was cool about this album is along with the many, many music videos, they also did these like part live action, yeah, part animated shorts. These little where, skits. Yeah, where he's like going to therapy in the woods mm-hmm. with Kirby the one-eyed cat. Yes. And like, isn't the therapist a bear? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Do- Dr. Izzo. Mm-hmm. Dr. Izzo. Uh-huh. Yeah, you know, he's literally having this whole conversation about like, I just hate hanging out with musicians and I feel mm-hmm. like like I'm just not right for this. Right. <laughs> and, and that feeling of like feeling out of place right. in your field. Yeah, th- this like Aesop is great at because this is obviously a very specific song. Yep. You know what I mean? There's not a lot of room for like interpretation, but it still feels like you can apply it to like basically anything that you have regrets over. Because there's that one line that I love in verse two where he goes, um, a routine day with a dirt cheap brush, then a week goes by and it goes untouched, then two, then three, then a month, and the rest of your life you beat yourself up. It's like, I was never like much of a visual artist but as someone who has uh done multiple content making ventures you know in in the realm that we're doing now like different iterations of like blogs and then like a, a little radio show on spotify and now this podcast like you know i kind of feel that 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 uh, mentality of like you know you kind of get out of the habit of doing something and then, and then you feel bad. Yeah, definitely. That, that you like abandoned this project that you were so excited about to begin with. Yeah, because like you know, like getting my tablet like about two years ago, uh, mm-hmm. I have I draw on like an iPad Pro. Um, really kind of brought me back into the world of art. And there's still sometimes where like I like to think of it as I have like MP, you know, for yeah. my um creativity. And sometimes if I have a whole bunch of really complicated hair colors in a week. I find that I can't draw. It's like that's all gone. Yeah. And there's that little bit of fear of, oh, what if it's gone forever? What if I get break? And like, Aesop kind of gets never feel like it again. Yeah, exactly. Like, what if I just never do again? Right. Yeah. Um, I I think he 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 taps into that regret very well, and it's also one of his catchier songs. Mm -hmm. And like, this is, I think this is, yeah, this is the most popular track on this album. Um. You know, it's just, it's super accessible. He, he rhymes in a way that's like super easy to follow on mm-hmm. this song. Uh, uh, and it sounds great live. And going back to what I was saying about the drums, 
uh, the drums in this song are killer. Like that, they li- are. that little drum fill when the beat kicks in, it just adds so much more than if he just had like a programmed click track. Definitely. Like, like drum track to it. Um, it feels much more like a proper music performance. Right. Which is where sometimes I do feel like some rappers that do stick with more like manufactured beats and stuff that like yeah. isn't live whatsoever like that's where you get into the danger of sounding like an internet rapper right you know i mean like Not that the, being an internet rapper is a bad thing well i mean aesop uh produced this album himself gotcha um he makes all his own beats uh and you can really t- like this album feels like a lot of production went into it like it feels like an album that a lot of people had their hands in right when it really didn't uh like uh, you know uh aesop produced it entirely with executive producer uh uh brent sayers slug from atmosphere is also listed as an executive producer but he owns the record label. Gotcha. So I have a feeling that he's probably listed as quote unquote executive producer on every Rhyme Sayers album. Yeah. Um, but other than that, like those are the only production credits. Uh, you know, you have you have the two Joes doing mixing and mastering and someone named Sky Rossi is project coordinator, whatever that means. <laughs> but yeah, I, I guess what I'm trying to say is like this sounds this sounds so much more produced than like than a lot of like very expensive albums like that new like the last two like drake albums uh like they they sound so much more hollow than this they do yeah i think that's what i was kind of trying to get at it yeah the full words but yeah it's like you know it's just like biting into like a loaf of bread that's been like overworked right and it's like just like kind of hard yeah you know like it's just not what it what it should be right aesop works this bread on this album just mm-hmm. enough oh and it's some, some more lore about this uh, this album is the result of uh aesop uh uh living in a secluded like barn in the middle of the wilderness in washington yeah in, like, upstate washington yeah. i believe uh it was literally because um he wanted to get out of the city he he had just moved from new york or i mean i think he just moved from san francisco to seattle and he wanted to get out of the city and one of his friends had a barn uh i I can't remember the full story but like one of his friends had a barn was like you can live in my barn for a year and he was like sure i'll do that yeah and uh a lot of this album comes from him just living by himself with his cat in a barn and you know seeing wild animals outside of his you know door for the first time I in his life and him. stuff like that because the other thing about aesop is he grew up in new york city right yes yeah, yeah, yeah. brooklyn so, i believe you know there is a certain amount of like childhood wonder that i feel like you miss out on if right. you don't get to see like a bear in the wild right or, yeah like, you know a family of turkeys or something and it's something that like or even just some- i've definitely taken for granted because i grew up in a very beautiful part of greer even just something as basic as deer yeah that's you know true. yeah just a deer uh anyway we'll move on to the next track uh, another one of the singles this Lottie is a lot of years, years. The kid that worked down at the local Baskin Robbins got a tattoo of a lipstick print attached above his collar. I watched him relocating pistachio to a waffle, thinking I had lost the plot, if not the passion for the novel. He asked me what I wanted. I ordered something daft. He said he liked the tattoo Alex drew me of the bats. Thanks. I 
like it too, but modestly confess In present company, my coloring is not the main event Look at that neck The message is immediate, the guy F chicks I spent a lot of years making friends with cool artists So when they drew me tattoos, I could truly feel important Now some 22-year-old inside a cube of brick and mortar Got me questioning my morals in the corny pecking order I should give a shit less Cherry, no. Whip, yes. Lot of years. Uh, lot of years. The girl that worked down at the local juice place. Okay, this one's, you know, this one's a very simple, kind of a shorter track. Yeah. On the album, it's only two minutes. to minimum wage workers. Wow, that sentence yeah. did not want to come out of my mouth. <laughs> well, it, it, it's Aesop reflecting on... Like how he spent so much time, so much of his life, like cultivating his personality and his image. Yeah. And he's kind of being challenged by like these kids who, you know, are just kind of like doing, you know, like the kid getting a, a tattoo of lipstick on his neck. Right. Or, you know, uh, the, the girl with the dreadlocks in, yes. in the second verse. You know, he's just kind of reflecting on like. You know, uh, uh, did you know how much effort you put in and all that right. stuff? Yeah, and I think that's something that definitely uh, hits home for both of us because we're both mm-hmm. very aesthetically minded. Yeah, um, and especially the lines. Spent a lot of years making friends with cool artists, so when they drew me tattoos, I could truly feel important. Oh yeah. Oh no, uh, I yeah. feel so called out right now. Right. <laughs> no, but um, if any of my tattoo friends are listening, uh, we are friends because I just think yes. you're an amazing person, and I do want to pay you your full rate to put my right. heart on my body soon. But like, there is something cool about the fact that, especially like the tattoos on my arm, and like, mm-hmm. well, actually, all my tattoos, but like, they were designed by my friends, right? You know, and there is yeah. something like extra special there. It is. There's like, like uh, most of my tattoos, um are like like it's like i have the coheed tattoo that's just from their first album mm-hmm. uh i have a tool tattoo i know ugh, gross uh, <laughs> um and then like the mastodon like i only have two tattoos that were like original yeah you know what i mean yeah. I, have, I have my cthulhu tattoo um that is kind of a, a reworked from an existing artwork and then i have uh my two cats yeah that allison did that are also reworked from an existing art it's yeah you know, from a junji e2 panel and i just had her change the cats to look more like my cats and like uh, man oh man do people fucking love that, that tattoo. yeah it's very popular <laughs> uh, in this what he's specifically talking about uh in that line is um he has a big forearm tattoo of some bats that was drawn by Alex Party, right? Who also did the cover for this yes. album. Yes, yeah, and all like the like surrounding artwork and yeah. the character design for the animation skit. Uh, uh, yeah, Alex Party. You know, most people have probably seen his artwork mm-hmm. all over the place. Definitely. Uh, he's done a lot of album covers. Notably, he did that one, the used album. Yeah, with the with the heart in and the, the tree. Yeah. Yep. He uh, he's also famous for. Uh, uh, d- that old like MySpace emo image that like every emo kid had on their MySpace of like the two skeletons like holding hands and yes. facing each other and like like one of them's puking blue and the other one's puking green yeah or, or pink at each other and it's called like lovers or something like that yeah like uh, he's responsible for that he's kind of responsible for us a, a 
significant portion of my personal aesthetic. Yeah. Um, and I'm not going to lie. If I ever did become friends with Alex Party, that would be uh, something I would very much like yeah, for them get, to do for yeah, me get, design a tattoo. Yeah. Check out Alex Party. His artwork, yeah. his artwork is sick. He's incredible visual artist. Uh, um, but I also, uh, <laughs> one more thing I wanted to say about this yeah. song. As a hairdresser, um, I really love um, the second verse because when we get into the lady with the dreadlocks, yeah. she actually talks about, then you can actually do this with oh, locks. Yeah. Um, primarily you really have to have a certain kind of texture to do this mm-hmm. like white people i'm so sorry but like our hair is not made to lock like that yeah. like it's a, it's actually a form of a curl pattern but you know she's like it actually is where the title of the song came from and it, and it's like it took a lot of years that eventually cut him kept him reattach him anytime i want him because like i don't know if you've ever gotten to see like waist length natural dreads right and like the sun especially like, just absolutely beautiful and i've always thought that was really cool that you can cut them off and just reattach yeah. them and rebind them and there's actually something beautiful that you can do with them where um you can actually add in other people's dreads yeah. to yours and i do have several friends that have like a dread from their mother or like a lock from their like uncle or cousin yeah. or whoever. and i just think it's really cool it's like, it's like the 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 couple on um the anarchists yeah <laughs> the the hbo uh docu series yeah um but also famously uh cory taylor the first slipknot mask mm-hmm. was uh his real dreads that he cut off and just glued onto the mask i mean i guess that's one way to do it uh, the, <laughs> the story goes that he had dreadlocks and he was originally like he had holes in his mask and he was just pulling the dreadlocks through the holes. Right. And he said that uh, that hurt too much. Uh, yeah. So eventually he just shaved his head and then glued the dreadlocks onto the it's, mask. It's probably a good thing that he did because uh, if that hadn't stopped him, like traction alopecia would have. Oh, yeah. For sure. <laughs> um, anyway, let's move on. Yeah. To track four. Dorks. Dorks. Question. If I die to my apartment like a rat in a cage Would the neighbors smell the corpse before the cat eat my face? I used to floss the albatross like daddy came with the chain I'm trying to jettison the ballast with the hazardous waste The kid is comfortably numb, routine a tedious crutch Steep in a self-imposed Stockholm and Lima in flux Maybe an occupation popular with demons and ducks Made any mingling akin to being seasoned and stuffed It's theater of jumping jellyfish, jealous little sycophants Miserable and flimsy from the skippies to the pissy pants Each one separately Convinced they're sketching with Da Vinci's hands. Delusion turn a communication a prison camp. You fucking dorks ain't a threat to the cause. There ain't a lesson we can learn from the ostensibly lost. I think it's funny when defendants from identical haunts step out the tempest, the measure of what the spectrum involves. Maybe no one cares. Party over here, I'll be over there. I love me a good fuck you music critics track. Yeah. Uh, this song is also, a lot of people interpret it as being a diss track towards uh, LP of Run the Jewels. Yeah. Because there's a lot of lines in there about like, you know, uh, how the braggadocio goes from mostly jokey to gross. Yeah. And stuff like that. Like, uh, a lot of people interpret that as being a, a, a diss at LP for the Run the Jewels stuff. Because like, LP... If you don't know, LP used to run Def Jux Records, which was the label that Aesop Rock got his start on. Right. Um, that was a small indie label out of New York. Uh, they had a falling out once Camuteo died, which we'll talk about <laughs> later on in the album. Um, and then he, uh, so LP's like solo stuff is extremely serious. It's mm-hmm. extremely dark. And then when he started doing Run the Jewels, you know the first Run the Jewels album. 
like we talked about it on the run the jewels episode but the first run the jewels album was uh just kind of a like them fucking around having fun in the studio and then they did that again on the second one and uh this album came out in 2016 i don't know if i mentioned that which is around the time of the first two run the jewels albums right because the third one came out 2018 2019 no i think it also came out in 2016 okay a little a little later wow there was a big gap between three and four Oh yeah, yeah, there was. Yeah. Um but uh uh what was I saying? Oh yeah. <laughs> so there you know, there was this thing where like LP in Run the Jewels was doing a lot more like bragging, a lot more dick jokes right. than he did in his solo stuff, and then that's what like made him popular. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like that's where run that's where LP finally like took off. So, you know, I I think it is a little, you know, uh, a, a little uh, uh, reading too much into it, a little parasocial, if you will. Yeah. For people to come up with these theories, but it's also like when you read lines, um, uh, where where was it? Uh, I know yeah. some shit about your heroes that yeah. you wouldn't believe. I you know I think we're all a bunch of weirdos, weirdos on a quest to belong. The songs are echolocation up in a pregnable fog. That's why it's odd to see a pile of imperfections and flaws ascend the pedestal to patronize the rest of the cogs. And a mess of obnoxious fantasy, pa- posturing, and pageantry. I ain't even mad. I'm impressed. Shit, it's baffling. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's And, like, on his Facebook, um, he explained this song as, This is about the music industry, tastemakers, artists, critics, and the messages pumped out into the community through all related channels. It deals with the divide that I see between the art, the artist, the image, and how the media- music media gets to steer the conversation more than the actual creators do. Yeah. And um, I think that does kind of fit into like the LP stuff too it still does yeah they were very much encouraged by like because like the RTJ and like Adult Swim are so like intrinsically linked yeah and like at the time Adult Swim was very it was pushing that more like kind of braggy humor like that humble brag like I'm a shit rapper but I still like sold a million albums you know what I mean like and I think that's kind of what he's referring to a little bit yeah and it it also (coughs) it also fits in because like you know run the jewels were immediate like critical darlings yep and so like if you wanted to you could kind of read that as ace being a little bit bitter just just a little bit but i think he's acknowledging that too well and like the whole line about like party over here i'll be over there right he doesn't want that level of fame he doesn't want to be that guy yeah and uh, uh, he he t- and he kind of like goes back on this a little bit. On uh, I can't remember which album, um, that he talks about this in, but like, you know, shaking shaking my fist on the same at the same wall I would have climbed up if I had the chance or something like that. Yeah, exactly. I mean, like, I definitely think he he, he reflects he re- he reflects more on this yeah. on like later music. I think we've all kind of been in this phase where you see somebody that's like in right. your lane succeeding. <laughs> like maybe like you saw somebody that like you used to know like that did like a successful yeah. music blog. Or mm-hmm. I know for me, like you know, and it's not even like a jealousy thing. Like I'm not bitter about it at all. But like I was I so desperate early in my career mm-hmm. to be known as like. The vivid girl, no, I, the person that you go to for the rainbows, yeah. and like there's several artists in Greenville that are much bigger than I am right. at that. So I get, I get, I get the vibe, you know. Like I'm going, I'm going the other way. I don't care if something good happened to you. It should have happened to me. <laughs> 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 oh yeah. man, 
Uh, <laughs> from, from there, we'll move on. The next track is called Rabies. Woo! I think this is, uh, aside from the opener track, this is the first non-single yes. <laughs> song. Hey, warm cider. Born full of spiders, orange moon, starry night, particle exciters, in a pageant rivaled only by the origin of fire. Now add an organism from alternative environs, a dozen pair of cartoon eyes in the thicket, to see a neophyte get sliced in a ribbon. I'm here to pick lice up each other and assimilate, duck a suit, troubleshoot his moody user interface. Chewing sucker proof, who to fully disengage, float his only vanishing point away from the picture plane. Go to where the radio trails off and people catch rabies on the way to their mailbox under a sideways rain, cornering the briar, still pull a broadsword from a hoarded synthesizer. Nap in a hole in a tree, cat leaving bowls at my feet, talking masterpiece, memory foam, everything, jettison the rest and roulette us a new trajectory, spinal tap 11, tap and resin out the evergreen, designated dark horse, headless independently, sidewalks end with palms and frogs. Very bones and it's very young, blurry Sasquatch vids. Lead like field ants to a hot lens. Eight o'clock kittens versus cobwebs. Fight. Oh man. Naps so won't this work is... here. Naps, naps won't work here. This is living in the barn with the kitten. Yeah. And yeah. a million spiders. Yeah, this is the first song that I feel like is specifically about the barn. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, he's, 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 he's acknowledging it. He's talking about it. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I mean, like, it must be beautiful out there, but, mm-hmm. like, I don't think you could pay me to sleep in a barn in the, like, Seattle wilderness. Right. Uh, no, thank you. Yeah, <laughs> it really underpins that, like, you can't stress enough that he is not living in, like, a nice cabin. No. You know no, I mean? it, it's a barn. I think literally there's power. A barn. <laughs> I think he said there was power and running water and a toilet. Yeah. yeah so. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I, I love that line, you know, uh, living where you can get rabies on the way to your mailbox. Yeah. You I know? mean, oh my God, actually, like somebody did get rabies in Greer yeah, from like a raccoon like really recently. Yeah. Uh, I, I saw that because uh, multiple people sent it to me like, hey, this could have been you. And I'm like, damn, bitch, I wish I could have pet a raccoon. <laughs> right. Would have had to get like 14 shots afterwards, but I could have pet a raccoon. Worth it. Yep. See, this is actually why possums are the superior forbidden cat. Yeah. They do not carry rabies. Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes leprosy. <laughs> so this isn't my favorite track on yeah. this album. It's kind uh, of a set piece. For it me. is. I do. I love the beat, though. Yeah. Yeah. It's very fun, and it's got some very fun bars, like kitten versus a million spiders. Right. There's a, you know, a ton of, a ton of layers to the instrumental. There's a, that like cool, like distorted bass line. Mm-hmm. It's you very know. unsettling. Like, yeah. It's an uncomfortable it's beat dark. on purpose. Yeah. And like, oh man, I I wish there was more like video content like if he'd done like some vlogging content yeah. i know he's not really that kind of artist but <laughs> yeah. i would have loved to see kirby going after all these like spiders yeah. and shit if, the, if there's one thing if there if there's one thing this album didn't have enough of its video content <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well no i mean i guess that just speaks to the album and asap yeah. himself that i'm like i would watch more yeah like, there's may- like 16 hours of additional homework right. for this album and i would take four more like- yeah, he's such he's such an interesting guy mm-hmm and I think the story of this album is so interesting that it like it does it make it makes you want to like know everything it does about it does. the production and what went into it and all that um the next track 
is uh, Supercell, which is another... Like, I, I'm going to be perfectly honest before we even start this. This is one that I usually skip to get to Blood Sandwich. Yeah. Uh, but I, I'll go ahead and play it, and then we'll talk about it afterwards. finding yourself haunting the building in right. which you live a little bit about like religion we talk about some hecate and offering chickens um but i kind of have a feeling i know why you don't like this well i mean for me i i mean i like this song when it just when i listen to the album this song and rabies kind of blend together and yes. they're in between two big singles well and like to quote paul hollywood from the great british bake-off it's a bit overworked a little bit a little bit I do always love the bit towards the end of the song where he goes, G-H-O-S-T, ghost, 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 yeah. he's ghost. I think, about, I think about that part a lot. Yeah, that part's but, very fun. But this track actually got remixed about 500 times, according to Aesop's Twitter. Wait, really? um, oh, yeah. That and then sense. he ended up going with the original version after trying forever to force it to go somewhere else. Yeah, he does that a lot. Yeah. He, he talks, uh, there's a... Whenever we eventually do Skeleton, there's even more video content for that because oh he actually did track by track, like explanations of each oh. song. Um, but when he when we do that, he has a song on there called Ruby Eighty One, mm-hmm. which is a short little like minute and a half. It's just a story, you know. Mm-hmm. And he talks about how many different versions of that song there were. Right. Like, where at one point there was like a seven minute version of Ruby Eighty One. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like I want to hear all of the different versions of Ruby right? One. The other tweet about this on Genius that uh, adds some additional context: Supercell is a Christmas song. Okay. According to Aesop, hmm. which I'll makes track for because like verse two on Dasher Half Dead, Carolators oh, yeah. Deck in a Hall, Wreck a Hole Advent Calendar, Brother on Speakerphone Lurking at the Burgerville. You know. Oh, you know what? He probably didn't. Yeah, he probably was living in the barn. Yeah, around Christmas. Around Christmas, and he probably wrote this song about yeah that, which you know makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, it here's the thing: it's a good song. It is. He's got some cool flows. It's got some good drums. Right. But the problem is the next song is, is much better. One of my favorite tracks. Yeah. Uh, called Blood Sandwich. <coughs> we'll get into that. Uh, and I'm actually. Uh, I'm going to skip ahead a little bit because I want to get to the second verse. I, I have more to say about the second verse. Uh, oh my god. 
steps up to the plate. Little brother, little league. 87, he was eight. Rookie season for the skinny slug. Two, two, two to three. There we go. Just in case of rough waters, I want to put one up for my brothers. Yep. Not a part of the machine. Big brother, big idea. 9016. Noi button T. Plaid flannel, late and adolescent art kid. Tony Hawk hair, skinny puppy denim, and a record player vomiting. Alien sex being peel sessions in a Christian home for field testing. Real youth in a palm of your hand when your mom thinks Satan is involved in a band. We were buried in the village voice, checking it was playing where. Pulled his head up out the paper, pushing out a single tear. Five words like a beacon, a light, and a mist. Ministry live at the wrist. It was Christ is risen a crisp. Loves two fish, miracle of mechanized loops on two inch. Coming to a theater, he would be there in the flesh. Moms didn't say no, but she didn't say yes. Cop tickets, side of plot tickets, countdown of ultimate concert experience. Mom's still wary, and why are they called ministry? Are they a cult? Maybe she would probably investigate. What a mag with an outer concern interview. Read a couple sentences, glanced at a pick or two or three. That's all, no fair trial. Simply, you will not be going to the show, and that's final. What occurred next with a top of the lungs of a son who unjustly had lost what he loved? In a moment that would transcend anger, the high art said, This is something I am willing to die for. Can you even imagine a death in a band from industrial fandom? Anyway, nobody count, no concert, and Chris kicked rocks in his mismatched converse. My older brother is a funny dude. A lot of funny shit happened to him. We hadn't spoken in a couple moans. I called him last night. How you doing? That is something I am willing oh, to God. die for. That is such an iconic line. This song, so this track is, um, it's two verses of him telling stories about his brother. ASAP Rock is a middle child. Uh, he has a younger brother and an older brother. So the first verse is a story of uh, his his younger brother playing t-ball when he was ten. And there was a gopher, and the coach just, like, kills the gopher. Yeah, with a baseball bat. <laughs> yeah, just beats to death. And then, shockingly, none of the 10-year-olds wanted to play t-ball anymore. So. Yeah, that would that would kill my enthusiasm real fast. Um, I shouldn't have, but I befriended many groundhogs in my childhood. Yeah. <laughs> it's amazing uh, how far you can go with an animal towards giving them a little scratch on the noggin if you yeah. come out with some guapes. But it will not surprise anyone to learn that the verse I connected to with more is the second verse about his older brother <laughs> uh, wanting to go to a ministry concert. Yep. Uh, and there's just so many lines in that verse that I like think about and quote a lot. Um, you know, I always think about the like minute, you know, uh, five words like a beacon of light in the mist, ministry live at the Ritz. You know, um, mm-hmm. I always think about the line, it's real youth in the palm of your hand when your mom thinks Satan is involved in a band. Yeah. Uh, I think, cause like as a kid, uh, like I listened to a lot of metal as a kid and like my parents, uh, were not like ultra religious or anything like that. Like I definitely grew up in a house where my dad was playing a lot of Led Zeppelin and Rush and black sabbath and metallica and megadeth and then even a little later like getting into new metal yeah my dad played a lot of limp biscuit and Mm -hmm. stuff like that so like when i started getting into metal it wasn't like shocking but there was always part of me that was like when you're a kid 
you know, you're trying, you, like, you want to shock the adults around you. A little bit. You know what I mean? Bit. Like, so there was part of me that was, like, actively trying to find more extreme metal bands to, like, try and get that reaction. Right. Uh, the closest, the absolute closest I ever got, there were two, there were two things. One was, uh, I had the CD Lost and Found by Mudvayne, and there's a song on there called IMN, mm-hmm. and, um... It's like about it's like the heaviest song in the album and it's about suicide stuff. And I just remember my mom like flipping through like the lyric booklet on the Uh CD and reading that song and just being like, I don't know if we should be letting him listen to this. And then that was all I ever heard about it. <laughs> like, they oh, didn't man. take it away or anything. My dad was like, oh, I'm sure it's fine. So I grew up kind of on the opposite end of the spectrum. Yeah. Um, I was only allowed to listen to contemporary Christian music for a little bit mm-hmm. because, unfortunately, being homeschooled, my mom was around some fundy moms. Yeah. And I think now, looking back, she's like, that was so silly to, like, get upset uh, yeah. about. But it would be, like, a band, like, Reliant K. Some of the moms right. would be like, that's a name for a drug. Yeah. They're going to try to buy our children with street drugs. Drugs. And it's like, so for me, I knew getting into stuff like Alice Cooper, or right? Like certain types of metal were never going to be in the yeah. cards because I was like convinced I mean, that like all of my friends' parents and like my parents would stop loving me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, Alice Cooper was literally like my mom's favorite band when she right? was a teenager. <laughs> and like, uh, uh, the only other time it even came close to something like that was when I like scribbled a bunch of Slipknot lyrics like all over my notebook. Oh god! And and my mom was like, <laughs> she wasn't even like, you know, is there like an issue or anything like like this is troubling. She was like, look, I know that these are from songs, all right. But your teachers don't know that. <laughs> and I don't want to get a call from the school. Yeah. About yeah. why you have, like, uh, if you're 555, five, five, I'm 666. Six, six, like, oh, my God. Like, yeah. scrawled on your notebook. Oh, my God. Because, like, can you imagine if, like, one of your friends, like, fundamentalist Baptist oh, yeah. parents had seen that shit? Like, definitely some A-plus parenting there from Laura. Like, <laughs> look, I'm not worried about you, but other yeah. people might be. Right. Like- no, by the time I hit my growth spurt in, like, uh late in middle school i kind of didn't get bullied that much because uh i was big and wore a lot of black and people thought i was gonna shoot up the school oh my god so and i and like i'm not gonna lie i played into that a little bit because i was like look i'm not gonna fight anyone like i would much (laughs) rather people be like kind of freaked out by me and leave me alone you know what i mean it's funny how to this day there have been instances where that has also served you well. Oh yeah. Like that time that my stalker ex showed up and like oh, yeah. when I say this man scampered <laughs> across the fucking roof of his car like to get away from Jason and he didn't even say anything. What did you say to him? Like I think you were just like, dude, what are you doing? Yeah, I was I was literally <laughs> like, what the fuck are you doing here, man? <laughs> yeah. And, and like because you're just you are the sweetest like teddy bear of a human yeah. being to me and like you would never actually fight anybody but yeah it's very funny to me when people are intimidated by you right that's <laughs> thing like it, it works out for me that i look so intimidating because if it ever if it ever came to blows i am not doing good you are you're literally one of those um moth caterpillars that yeah. like can rear back and look like the head of a snake right when you're, you're just but, a sweet squishy like, little guy <laughs> literally harmless yeah <laughs> uh, unless, unless unless you're hearing this and you want to rob me in which case um oh I, he will beat the shit yeah, out of you. No, We've got I, so many guns. I've got weapons on me all the time. Yep. <laughs> he, he was trained by a ninja master yes, know, in the art of feng shui. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Uh, <laughs> um, anyway. Moving right along. Yeah, we're well, halfway through, yes, right? Yeah. Let, let's Because I want to I do this before we get into 
blood the, or the, get out of the car the heavy song mm-hmm. the um, yeah oh boy am i gonna yeah. cry again on the podcast this week i don't know we're gonna Maybe. find out uh so what i have here is technically this is the standard edition this was when so rhyme sayers entertainment loves to go through like phases with their album production, right? Mm-hmm. Where they'll be like, all right, every album that we're putting out right now is on like picture discs. Right. Every album that we're putting out right now is on like solid colored vinyl and stuff like that. This was when Rhyme Sayers started doing these die cut covers. It is beautiful. I love layered paper yeah. art. It's one of the things I want to get back into with um, 2D like traditional mm-hmm. art. Right. So the gimmick with this album, if you're looking at this on streaming, you're seeing a different album cover than what I have. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the one on streaming has the full album cover, the full artwork, whereas this one is it's zoomed in on just the kid in like a in like a triangle mm-hmm. with the Aesop Rock logo and the Impossible Kid like under it. Yeah, and it has like a nice hot pink border around it, and that is because when you pull this out. This is, I'm not going to unfold it because it's massive. This is a poster. Oh, cool. Yeah. Oh, shit. We should get a frame for that. See, here's the thing. Oh, but then. then yeah, then, then they the, won't oh, have no. the album cover. Yeah. Because the sleeves for the actual albums are like outlines. Ooh. And, and like you can, yeah, it's just the line art. Yeah, you can, like, it still kind of makes sense if you put it in there like that. Right, but it's not the same visual impact. No, it's not. I, I prefer to have the poster with the album. I have th- I have considered so many times buying this album on CD. Yeah. Uh, because it comes with a smaller version of the poster. We should start looking for that, like when we're out at like yeah. record stores and stuff. But uh, I've got two records here. I believe they're standard ninety grams. Uh, I forgot to look that up. But one of them's like a hot pink, and the other one is like a lime lime green which again going back to like yeah. um alex party's uh yeah. color choices and like kind of i would be willing to say alex party was hugely influential on just like general aesthetics in the 2010s but especially like yeah. he just uses black and hot pink and green for so much it's like yeah he's he's very big on color yeah like it's, it was a hugely influential on my aesthetic yeah. personally because those are three of my favorite colors together <laughs> um Oh yeah, and the other thing that makes this interesting is that it's a uh, uh, the opening is on top. Yeah. As, as opposed to on the side, mm-hmm. so you, so you pull the records out of the top, which I actually like a lot. Yeah, it's very nice because um, I never worry about pulling this album off the shelf and like worrying about where the opening is. Yeah, the only issue with these kinds of albums is you like I'm not this this is probably gonna out me as like a bad record collector. I don't like having my albums in plastic sleeves. Yeah. Um, they're just annoying, mm-hmm. you know, uh, I'm a, I'm a man of convenience, even if it does, uh, prematurely age my record sleeves. I know that it does. I don't care. They're mine. I don't plan on selling these anytime soon. <laughs> um, yeah. Apologies to Lexi if this is your inheritance for us, but you know, and, and also they look fine. <laughs> yeah, like, they're don't. fine. But with these albums, you kind of have to put them in a plastic sleeve because otherwise, it catches. Yeah, you, you like you try to like you try to put this in the shelf and like it's gonna catch right on that. Yeah, thing right and there. it's gonna rip. Yeah, because it's not it's because it's still just cardboard. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I love I love uh, everything that Rhyme Sayers puts out. Honestly, they always they always put out very cool 
very cool records. Yeah. I've got a bunch of Rhyme Sayers albums on vinyl. Uh, and it sounds great, obviously. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's... Uh, oh, and I bought this by pre-ordering it. Yeah. You know, I know I, I, I like to talk about like how I came into possession of the album. I was already a massive Aesop Rock fan. The second this went live, I, pre- yeah. I pre-ordered it immediately. Yep. I also got a t-shirt with it. Uh, and then... I don't have that shirt anymore. It was just like a black shirt with the album cover on it. It wasn't yeah. anything special. Uh, I bought. I ended up seeing him live uh, the year this album came out and bought a much nicer T-shirt. Yeah. There, that like kind of blue one with like it's still Alex Party artwork and has like the deer on it. Yeah, I love that one. And that's also where I bought that hoodie. Mm-hmm. That's also where I bought. Uh, I think that's when I bought Labor Days by Aesop Rock on vinyl because mm-hmm. they had it there. And I was like, oh, shit, I don't have Labor Days yet. I'm going to go ahead and pick this up, too. Yeah, why not? I, so I bought a shirt, a hoodie, and a vinyl. That was one of one of the more expensive concerts I've went to. But uh, if you ever have a chance to see Aesop Rock live, uh, do Definitely. It. That's it like, is, his energy is so good. He's one of the like top list of artists um, yeah. that I want to prioritize going to shows yeah. to in the next couple of years. The energy in the crowd was unbelievable. It was just a very fun show. I would love... It's kind of a long shot. I mean, I guess it's not that much of a long shot, but like, cause they have the same kind of performance energy. I would love for like JPEG Mafia to open up for oh Aesop. Yeah, that would be insane. That would be... The kids would be very confused. Yes, that would be a, a very, very funny crowd to be a part of. Cause right. Because it, it would be half like... Teenagers. Ra- yeah, like half like <laughs> children, kids, like ra- <laughs> rager kids that are like, you know, popping fits off on Instagram and shit like that. Right. And then half like old head, like indie rap guys. Right. You know, that yeah, that would be a very funny... Yeah, like, like the indie rap guys would, would be like, Oh, this JPEG Mafia guy, like he's not rapping about anything, his lyrics and then and then the teenagers would be like, This Aesop Rock dude is fucking boring. <laughs> he never shuts up. Where's the dance break? Right. <laughs> oh my god. But that would be a fun uh, show. All right. Time time yes, for time, time for to get tears. Heavy. Time to get oh heavy. God. Oh no. Uh, and so I'm gonna do something that I never do on on this uh podcast, but it's kind of hard to get around on this album or on this song. Uh, I'm going to play the entire song. Okay. From start to finish. The song is a minute and 53 seconds long. Yep. It has one verse, and I feel like we can't talk about it without playing the whole thing. Yeah. So I'm just going to let the whole... It, just fair warning, this is kind of a eulogy yes. in a way for his friend... Um, Kamuteo. Kamuteo, that he calls Moo. Yes. So uh, get your tissues. Yep. Uh, <laughs> this is Get Out of the Car. Let's see how y'all be trying to front, man. Y'all be fronting, man. Been a bit since Moo died. Been a lot more lost and awake. I recall thinking someday someone's gonna say it's all from the same cause and effect and I just couldn't fathom. Blaming a whole new page on a made-up chain reaction. Each claim individual peaks and pockets. Pains in a slip of unique nuances. Not me. When you wake up eight years non-responsive, it's a lot to process. Gone from a happier jack-in-the-box to a package of clogged up chakras. Oh, shots spot, nothing ever after. Rewind it from the once upon a time, dot, dot, dot. Once upon a time, he was so much more than a punchline for his own pot shots. I watched the impossible kid, everything that he touched. 
turns promptly to shit. If I zoom on out, I can finally admit it's all been a blur since Moon got sick. None of the subsequent years stood a chance. Whether it was mom's or his man's, whether it was pops or his girl, I was poisoned. Heart full of canines, head full of voices. Whole life trying to quiet him down like a suicide king with a knife in his crown. Hounds at bay, but they just won't stay. True friendship in a tugboat way. Ego dark in the face of the fucked when the fucked was a friend. I was basically done. Into the woods, go alien tongue. It was that or a textbook fake and a funk, and I can't. Here go to hindsight. Eight years been one long blind side. I could pinpoint seven more turns that occurred because he never really healed from the first. Oh, what a world. And he hack as a myth. And he dap as a joke. And he map as a trick. And he graph as a hoax. Ease on down. I'm burning up. I'm bleeding out. No one ain't have to battle. That's a bullshit quip written by some asshole. You can own what you are. Still sit around stone in your car. Not doing shit. Halfway to nil. Cranky and waiting for a boss key and hat full of bills. Get out the car race. So there you go. Yeah. Oh that, that one's heavy. Yeah. Um, especially for me right now, because um, yeah. I lost two friends um, in 2021, one to COVID-19 and one to cancer. Mm. And um, especially that like that line of it's all been a blur since Moo got sick. I was about to say, like, th- that makes this song particularly hard because Camuteo died of cancer. Yeah, exactly. So and this so, is like, specifically I knew this was going to like hit me in the chest really yeah. hard. But like also when I think about like when I got sick, you know, in 2019, mm. but honestly like even God. when like Stephanie got sick in 2016, it's like everything just went so fast and yeah. it's you kind of wake up one day and you realize that you haven't you've grieved but it's not all right out yet. I mean, it's like uh, Camu died uh uh at the age of 30 from, from lung cancer. Oh my God. Stephanie was, yeah. um, 31. I don't think she had turned 32 yet. Yeah. So it's just, it can like can cancer, cancer is a bitch. Like it can, mm-hmm. you know, there, there is no, like, it doesn't care how old you are. No, you know what I mean? No. It, and like, especially that like no one uh, is half the battle. That's just a bullshit term right. made up by some ass. And it's true. Yeah. Um, I yep. know, especially like with Stephanie, when she got really sick, um, people kept calling her a warrior and said she was yeah. fighting and she's like, stop. Right. Like you're making it sound there, like I'm losing on purpose or something or that losing is an option. It just is. One of, one of the, one of the best, um, uh, uh, Norm MacDonald quotes mm-hmm. that he ever said is that like, you know, we always say so and so lost their battle to cancer. Isn't that fucking terrible? Yeah. The last thing they did was lose. Yeah. No. <laughs> you know? No. I honestly, I hate when people talk about her death that way. Or yeah. like with my friend Amanda, um, she was on a lot of the same immune inhibitors that I was on, and her body mm-hmm. just couldn't fight it. And like, I mean, even right there, I just said it. Her body just couldn't fight it. Right. It's like. I mean, sometimes like it's not about winning or losing. It's about trying as hard as you can for as long as you can, and sometimes you just can't anymore. Right. Um, I had it muted. It's fine. Oh, okay. <laughs> no, no, no one heard that. I just wanted to pull up the lyrics again. Yeah. Uh, there was like, cause there's so many lines, and like I talked about this on the last episode too. That like, I I haven't personally dealt with this mm-hmm. in in my life, but like. There are so many lines on this song that that really make you, like, feel it. You know, you know what I mean. Like, mm-hmm. you know, uh, a go dark in the face of the fucked when the fucked was a friend that was basically done. You know, yeah. uh, there's a uh, uh, you know, uh, oh my God, what what was it like? 
you know, heart full of canines, head full of voices, whole life trying to quiet him down like a suicide king, like with a knife in his crown. Right. Um, and not the ever after he wanted from the once upon a time, dot, 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 mm-hmm. once upon a time, he was so much more. And like, yeah. it really is just that unfairness of somebody that should right. have had more time. Yeah. That had so much more to give the world. Right. And just the unfairness of them being gone. I mean, even, even just like one of the first lines, like, you know, I recall thinking someday someone's mm-hmm. going to say it's all from the same cause and effect and i just couldn't fathom blaming a whole new page on a made-up chain reaction yeah you know each claim individual peaks and pockets pains in a slew of unique nuances you know it's just it is the perfectly written eulogy and this yeah. is af- eight years after um moo died this yes was written, right? yeah. yeah so this song was also like a big deal especially for me mm-hmm. uh as someone who has been listening to asap rock for a long time at this point because Aesop had been kind of dancing around mm-hmm. the death of Camuteo uh, up up to this point. This is also like where a lot of the rift between him and LP comes from. Right. Because LP, after he died, uh, LP put out Camuteo's album on mm-hmm. Def Jux and Ace disagreed with him doing that. Um, uh, uh and it's hard to know what Moo would have wanted because Moo's not here. Yeah, exactly. He put he put out uh, LP put out Camuteo's album King of Hearts a year after Camuteo died, uh, say, saying that it was finished before he died. Right. Um. But you know, and then and then shortly after that, Def Jux folded. Um. But uh, you know, he was Camuteo. Like he was a very like well-loved figure in underground hip-hop uh tons like he was working with rjd2 he was working with cage he you know he was on def jux with lp and ace you know they all have songs about him right there's a couple of run the jewels songs where lp is talking about camuteo uh uh, lp put out an album called cancer for cure which is all about camuteo yep you know, it really just speaks to the kind of person mm-hmm. he was that people still have so much to say about him. Right. You know? Yeah. Uh, this song is even referenced in Camuteo's uh, um, Wikipedia page saying uh, uh, Aesop Rock reflects on how the death of Teo drove him into an eight year long state of emotional paralysis. Uh, and an increasing trend of self-imposed self-isolation. Uh, in 2017, when the video for the song was released, Aesop Rock remarked, uh, This May 25th marks nine years since the death of my friend Camuteo, an event that serves as an emotional and narrative anchor in both this, this song and my life. I wanted to reflect on the things that had changed since and try to connect some of the events that I hadn't realized uh, were potentially related. And... So that's what I mean. Like, there are references to Camuteo on uh, Skeleton. There's a lot of right. songs about like friends. Right, dying. but he kind of dances around it. He right. never straight up yeah, says. Yeah, he never specifically talks. Yeah, about it. and like what it actually did to him. Mm-hmm. You know. And so this song, I feel like, like like more than just being a very good song, a very well written eulogy. And all of that, I feel like it, it just feel like you can feel how cathartic it is, and how much he loved him. Yes, like honestly, this is one of the, like it's it's not a romantic love song, but it's one of the truest, hardest hitting mm-hmm. love songs I've ever listened to in my entire life. Yeah. Um, 
But yeah, uh, and then the next, going from that, transitioning into the next song is Shrunk, where he uh, he goes to therapy yep. to, to deal with this. Yep. name is a random set of numbers and letters and other alphanumerics that changes hourly forever. My last name, a thousand vowels, fitting down a sinkhole to a susurrus. It couldn't just be John Del or Bingo. My address, a made-up language written out of living glyphs, lifted from demonic literature and religious texts. Telephone uncovered by purveyors of the Ouija, then checked against the CBGB women's room graffiti. My socialist Sudoku, my age is obscure, my in case of emergency is in the daisies chasing birds. Employed by Trillionaires with perfect teeth and pores And people who open doors for the people who open doors My medical history is a course at SUNY Buffalo Charlatan psychiatry and troubleshooting undertow Nervous in the service still I'm burger meat and purple pills here Thank you but call your name, sure you will Skipped lunch I'm shrunk All right, before we get into this, I completely forgot to talk about the music video for Get Out of the Car. Oh, yeah, Get Out of the Car. Um, favorite music video. It's beautiful. Of, of a lot. It's it's one of my favorite music videos of all time. Yeah. It is. It, 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 it's very simple, right? It's just Ace uh, sitting in like a white room on like a stool while the background is constantly changing right and, and it's it, actually speed drawings yeah, of yeah. Mateo and of mm-hmm. eventually like pastoral forest scenes yeah it looks it looks like it's like charcoal or yeah. something like that it's definitely digitally done but it's done with like a charcoal brush right and uh yeah i mean i don't have much to say about that other than that it's just a gorgeous music video and i think mm-hmm. everyone should watch it you know it it really adds a lot to the song i feel like even with how simple the video is i feel like i feel like a simple black and white video like that was the way to go definitely definitely um this song also had a very cool music video uh where aesop is like going to the arcade and yeah he's playing out so i love this song it's each verse is a different step in like going to therapy so mm-hmm. that's the first verse doesn't make a lot of sense without this is one of those songs where i feel like you kind of have to listen to the whole thing to like get the context of it definitely because uh, the first verse is just him filling out the paperwork yeah, like, in the office to like hand. The second verse is while he's waiting in the waiting room. Yep. And then the third verse is when he finally goes to therapy. And as one of the best, most vindicating lines of somebody, yes. it was a uh, complicated thir- child in therapy. The third verse has all the best. Uh, yeah. She lyrics. said, you're being difficult. I said, I'm being guarded. Yeah. You're a quarter mil in debt. I get more guidance from my barber. Right. Get uh, fucked! Uh, oh my god! That's so good. That that third <laughs> verse has so many lines, um, that even call back. You know, it's like I'm not good at this. I grew up in a noogie fest. Yeah, like referencing how he grew up with two brothers. Right. Exactly. Um, Very Malcolm in the Middle living situation. Yeah. You know. You know. I. She says, "I'm not your enemy." I said, "That sounds like something my enemy would say." Instead of playing off the chemistry, uh, you know. Yeah, and I think. Um, an important thing in this, upon examining it multiple times, 
This is probably not the right therapist for ASOP. Yeah. Because this reminds me a lot more of the dynamic that I had with my previous therapist, not my current therapist. Um, the lady who thought that all of my childhood trauma was from my mom having a C-section. Mm-hmm. It definitely wasn't watching my grandfather, who I loved more than anything in this world, slowly die from lung cancer in front of me as a toddler. Nope, that's not traumatic. Right. It was the birth choice. One thing, I would be interested to know if they changed this on the Genius lyrics yet. Yeah. Because when this album first came out, this was one of the first albums that I... Uh, uh, remember listening to like with Genius lyrics because right. I hadn't heard about Genius until then. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's this line, uh, you know, here's one. Every time my telephone buzzes, I see images of hooded riders setting fire to hundreds. I remember so vividly the uh, Genius annotation for that being something to the effect of like, Aesop is trying to uh, like throw his therapist off by saying nonsense or something like that. Whereas, like, I feel like that line is so clearly about, like, anxiety. Yeah, you know definitely. What I mean? Yeah, like, it's being, um, being anxious that, like, when your phone rings. And... Yeah, the annotation has changed. It's okay. Ace pro- proceeds to open up by confessing that every time his phone rings or buzzes, he essentially has a mini panic attack. He's yes, extremely okay. er- introverted. And every time the outside world comes calling, inv- invading his isolationist headspace, like hooded riders invading, mm-hmm. it stresses him out. Yeah. I can relate. Right. As someone that has to talk on the phone a lot to run my yeah. business, I fucking hate it. Right. <laughs> it, it's just like... I just always thought it was so funny. I was like, how did they like misinterpret this so hard? Were they thinking, right? oh, he's just fucking with her. Yeah, he's just like, messing with no. her. No, it's like, um, there's a lot of popular posts and tweets going on around right. right now, like screenshotted on my Facebook and Instagram. That's like, somebody needs to tell my body that the fight or flight response is for life and death situations, yeah. not responding to an email. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Hashtag relatable. Am I right, folks? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, yeah, we'll, uh, we'll transition into, Kirby, which is my favorite song on the album. Shocking. <laughs> and and it is once we get past this, uh, I have a lot to say about this whole like run of tracks. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is like the result of Shrunk, I feel like. Um, so we'll just play Kirby. Everyone loves Kirby. Let's go. about uh, how his therapist recommended that he get a cat to uh, help with his like lost sense of purpose, basically. And that's how we got Kirby, who is celebrating mm-hmm. her ninth birthday this year. Yeah, I guess she would have to be, huh? Yeah. Maybe she, she might be 10 this year, depending on when this was actually written prior to release. Right, yeah. right. 
But anyway, we stand a hero cat, greatest of all warriors, yeah. Kirby. So <laughs> I love so Blood Sandwich, get out of the car, shrunk and Kirby. Mm-hmm. I always felt like kind of tell a complete story definitely like on their own like blood sandwich is about him reminiscing about his brothers and the song ends with him finally calling his older brother who he hasn't spoken to in a long time right get out of the car is him finally grappling with the death of one of his closest friends mm-hmm. shrunk is him finally getting therapy and then kirby is his therapist's recommendation, which is, uh, I don't know, dude, get a kitten. Well, and it's kind of interesting, <laughs> too, because it's it's kind of like the quick four-act version of the hero's journey. A little bit. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. there's the setup, there's the conflict, mm-hmm. there's the, like, battle back to, like, get back to the, yeah, you know, and then there's the, like, new journey. Yeah, like, Kirby is such a good like cap it to is this, to this like section of the album because like from here on out there's not really a lot of strong emotion in these last uh five songs here yeah yeah they're, they're kind of they, we at this point we kind of get into what i like to call the freestyle portion right of the album um kirby it kind of caps off this like this like run of very emotional tracks on in like a happy spot yeah you know, it's, it's it feels very hopeful and it's just like a silly song about his cat definitely and it like ends the section specifically about his mental health on a high note yeah and from what i've understand like i understand since then like he has been doing better he has stayed mm-hmm. in therapy kirby has become a huge part of his life oh yeah uh he's apparently like the kind of cat person we are where we're like these are our children yeah <laughs> um i also it's got one of my best my favorite absolute favorite aesop rock bars 15 years taking prescriptions now a shrink like i don't know maybe get a kitten i know that's like- one of my favorite lines on <laughs> on uh on the album in mm-hmm. general yep um yeah i love this song. i mean yeah. of, of course of it's course a I song about song. a kitten what is yeah. not to love yeah, how couldn't you love this song plus like it's it works with like pretty much all of our cats names like i have to add extra syllables to the end of kitten jack's names but i can just go hey jonesy i know what you doing jonesy <laughs> yeah great great song great song um, 10 out of 10 love yeah. it you know, you love to hear a, a rap song about a cat. It's like, it's not corny either. No. It doesn't come off as corny at all, at least to me. No. Uh, a lot of good bars in there. Yeah. Yeah. But anyway. Let's get into the freestyle portion yep, of the album. Starting with Tough with two Fs. To the landlady holler, get a haircut, hippie. The death knell generator, entertain a fresh kill. Breath quell, dressed like a bloated sack of dead cells. Jetting purple tape, purple hawk ape, a single flower through the permafrost. Pick himself and learn how walking furry pants, war paint, circle in a derelog. Four face devil by his side like a service dog. Schlock purist, watch the block burner. One o'clock profits in the parking lot at Perkins. The perfect politician, sturdy clicks outside of Sturgis. Doggy bag doctors, military deserters who still shop surplus can't hold jobs i look like i'm wearing a ghillie suit when i'm not roll out ghost to commute when the pegs might pedal by the police tough with two f's ah fuck that shit look 
Can't tell if I'm a little withdrawn or dead dog said to quote unquote live on a farm. The Coke bottles tint film noir, chipping out the milk bar, poison whore, shot a cup, milf in the zip car, six arms, six hand styles like ships on scrim show up, part death jam, part discord. My wig picker threw me out of a roughest had the cold turkey benzo. Summer was awesome. Onion a benzies, summer was awesome. Got brats on the grill, wormwood in the cauldron, horse hoof in the dog's mouth, oh collar in the actual... well. <laughs> There's an actual question mark on the like on the um Spotify lyrics here. Yeah, onion of Benzies yeah. question mark. Onion of Benzies. Like whoever wrote the uh uh Spotify lyrics isn't isn't quite sure if that's what he said. Where is that? Uh yeah, I had the cold turkey benzos, summer was awesome. Onion of Benzies, summer was awesome. Gotcha. The question mark is not in the genius lyrics. Of course not. <laughs> It's it, it, it's like it's like when you send a text and you're like not sure if you spelled something correctly, so you put the little question oh, mark next to it. I and think, it's also um, since a psychiatrist kicked him out of her office, he couldn't refill his prescription. Allegedly, this is the genius annotation. Yes. A grain of salt. Ace had to quit them. Quote: Cold turkey abruptly without weaning off the meds, and thus his summer sucked. Of course. Yeah, I've definitely had places in my anxiety where I was a little bit reliance on the medication just having like panic attacks daily yeah and like having to get back off that it's not fun yeah not fun at all yeah and th- this is um i don't have a ton to say yeah about this song because it, it does like i said it's a it's a i like the feel, rhyme scheme in this it one feels it's very, very fun it's bouncy mm-hmm. i like the uh later on um uh who's doing the beatboxing on this song i can't remember uh carnage the executioner who's another great uh great rapper he does beatboxing on this song later on um i like so one of the things that was really funny when this album was coming out is that uh they advertised it as being like oh it's featuring chuck d kimya dawson carnage the executioner rob sonic and all of them have like it's like little background things. Like Kim, right. Kimmy Dawson's on this song. She's the one that uh, yells, get a haircut hippie. Yeah. And like, that's, that's all she's on, on the song. Like Rob Sonic, it, it does like backing vocals on one of the choruses. Uh, Chuck D is in like a voicemail yeah. in the next song. It was just a very funny way to advertise the album. Right. Like, yeah. None of these people actually have verses on the no, album. No, they're just on like a two second sound bite. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I don't know. It's yeah. a fun song. Yeah, let's uh, get into some lazy yeah. eye. I hot take maybe. I like this one more. Really? Yes, I love this song. Super fresh. My spirit animal comes with a pretzel bun, troll in a treadmill, record on the Kessel run allegedly. Edgy from my Levensies to Megabucks, techies with the treble down, this is how we level up. Dead meat, time treble, pressure and disease, As ushered out of two fingers, pecking at the keys. The coping mechanism in its element OPs, went from healthy to unhealthy to a healthy never leaves. Cineplex Jesus, curse at the curly fries, mulling over Chuck D, telling me diversify. I'm at the super cut, souping up the wardrobe, forecast, looking like a Nash on four phones, hello. Hello, hello, hello. Base camp, base camp. Base in your face, fuck. Brace for the rain dance. Back in the back of the classroom after a magical nap in the vacuum. Act natural. Whatever that means for you. Whatever that means for you. Whatever that means for you. Super fresh. Before climbing douchebag. Yeah, this one, this one feels like it's for the, for the old fans. Yeah. Also, I just... 
I do think I like this one more just for the Hobbit reference. Right. Like, elevensies. Like, you're going to rhyme elevensies with allegedly. Like, I did. Okay. I love this. I love this so much. I mean, that's. Hobbit core album, when Aesop. It's it's a Hobbit reference and a Star Wars reference. Exactly. Yeah. Record on the Kessel Run. Allegedly. Allegedly. Um, Yeah. I always. I I think his flow on this this song is so fun. Mm hmm. Uh, You know, it's just got a, a lot of fun. A lot of fun quotables in it, you know. Uh, I'm feeling, I'm feeling kind of done. Too many moving parts. Maybe I should kind of sort of move to Mars. Yeah, definitely. Know? This is like I find myself coming back to the back half of this album when I just want to listen to some like good rap bars. Yeah, and not necessarily focus in. Like it's just, I, I just really like the flow on these these last couple tracks. Yeah, and this is the one where he's it's technically a live video of him rapping the song and yeah. Um, in like a haunted house, right? It, it's it's oh my god, I can't remember what it's called. It's some kind of like uh, roadside attraction game. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. Got it's that called vibe. like the Wonderporium or some shit like that. Yeah, you know what I mean, it's very um for my Gravity Falls fans. It's very what is the mystery shack mm-hmm. vibes. Yeah, mm-hmm. very much. And it's just kind of him rapping while he's walking through with all the all the fun like spooky stuff. I really wish it's probably never gonna happen, but like in my heart. It would be very fun to see Aesop Rock and Alex Hirsch work together for a video. Yeah. Um, Alex Hirsch of Gravity Falls. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. There's still three songs left here. It's okay. We're, we're going to get through. These are quick. Yeah. My uh, my other hot take is that Lazy Eye probably should have been the, the final track. Yeah. On this honestly. album. Honestly. This is where... Um, Aesop is very much one of those guys that does not know how to read the cue mm-hmm. of when people are kind of done with the conversation. Yeah. Uh. Uh, this <laughs> next song is called Defender. Alex up the street cold, said he saw a bobcat. Keep the pets inside, notify your contacts. New Salem, brave new voodoo. Wave a witch hammer in a haven, but a woo-woo. A paper china dinner, mostly picking at my stitches. The bloody hair, bad code. Bunny ears, dad jokes. Bitch about Lamictal to whichever vixen. Listen, the skin rash, the schism, the million rash decisions. And truth, the other capital T, terrible two days. The truth is plumage to the road and proved a prequel to Malays. A beauty knew was brewing, blew up in his face. He'd been replaying the scenario for days with the variables replaced. Meh. Loser in the sky with more diamonds than a carpet from the shining. Port Riot, Port Orion. We jarred a lot of lightning up. Shook a turkey leg or ten. Maybe we deserve a day of rest. Not to mention Alex up the street calls. Said he saw a bobcat. Check your trash can lids. Notify your comrades. I said I'll take first watch. 1 a.m. Defend the whole block. So I'm guessing... Uh, Aesop also has the kind of neighbors we have. Only yeah. um, they don't have my phone number for this specific reason. Right. Uh, but like on next door, people are constantly like, "Oh, I saw a coyote! Oh, it's a wolf!" <laughs> and it's like, "No, it's not a wolf." There's yeah. only 14 red wolves in the wild here in right. South Carolina, and they're nowhere near here. But um, there was a post the other day about somebody saw an actual bobcat. Oh, nice! And uh, a lot of people were like, "Oh, I think the lady on my street's feeding this cat." <laughs> <laughs> oh man uh this song is fine this is probably like i never liked this I, it's fine i don't like the chorus on it i think it's clunky and i kind of don't like that 
I don't know what you call it. That ascending sound that's in the beat that yeah. plays every couple of bars. It's not my favorite. This is like, yeah, yeah. It's, yeah. It kind of. This is where the albums <laughs> get a teeny bit boggy. A little, a little mm-hmm. tedious. Mm-hmm. You know, this is a little tedious. Um, I do think the next track definitely an uh, improvement. Yeah, has a better hook to it. Mm-hmm. Uh, Water Tower. It also has a better concept. Vita yeah, I think so. Is Vita. Life is death. Is life. Bounce. Nothing but the feathers and the skull on a porch like a present with a bow. Dinners in a black earth, gutted and uncoupled from the pack's work, buried by a seven year cherub in the backyard, never tapping all. Disciple that of cycles and sciences, a birth in a fertilized hyacinth, life in a vitamins, invited up the cypresses, a testament to moxie and the miracle of lifelessness. It's tricky when you rather rotten to the soil as a nutrient than navigate this mortal coil in human skin. Live the nuances of putrefying jelly, hit the levy when those feathers are a cancer in your bestie. And I pick a ginger gold, it's fed by a drunken uncle, one from a customer pumping at Sumner blood work, memadem ascending, settling any high scores, 40 meters up with the Part of a high dive horse. Be no rules on the water town. 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 Yeah. Yeah, you know, death, dying, decaying, becoming the earth, life into death, death mm-hmm. into life. And paint, paint no rules on the water tower. Yep. Uh, yeah. <clears throat> it, it, it's a pretty good song. I love mm-hmm. the synth on this song. I do love the synth on uh, this. I kind of wish this was the last track, yeah, actually. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a huge sucker for like a long, sustained, like yeah. distorted synth. Some good uh, mogi quality. Yeah, and and that 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 chorus is just much more catchy, definitely than uh, than the other one. Um, but I'm gonna be perfectly honest. I do not know what this song's about because this is definitely like like usually when I listen to this album, I have fully checked out by this point. So uh, there was one tweet on the Genius Annotation that was basically what I said that um, oh, Water Tower, not Defender. Um, and to quote yes. ASAP Rock via Twitter on April 30th, 2016, Water Tower is about things dying, decaying, and becoming the earth, life into death into life. We all become the soil no matter who you are. Not if you get upgraded to that like burial vault right. coffin thing. The funeral industry is a scam and that could be its own podcast <laughs> unto itself. But yeah, you know, with luck, we'll all become mm. soil one day yeah. and furnish new life. That, that's that's one of the Aesop Rock songs where uh, I'm just like, sure, I'll take your word for it, buddy. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah that's sure. That's what it's about. Yep. Um. <laughs> but yeah, let's just uh, get you know, into the closer. Yeah, we're an hour and forty five minutes into this episode. Oh my god, this is so, so yeah. long. <laughs> La- last track. Uh, I promise. Uh, this is molecules. That's impossible. Spoilers, 
The non-bond voyage stock weaponry and soylent and whatever stopped the voices. Colossal paranoia's out to author an abrasive lore about how war paint won't assure you in a painted whore, baby. No ground wires, all jaw froth. Mouth breathing outliers, climb out of our falls. Rung stones unsung and alone. Known to run up in the unknown, honey, I'm home. I push a bucket of bolts, a sort of death in its wake. I take the hand of the thief, I take the head of a snake. Approach a pen like revolutions, just a sentence away. Till then he's documenting cops and watching heaven decay. It's not a gentleman's game, it's a generation race. Accordingly, you'll know the differences between the cozy and the quarantine. Yes, y'all, the crestfallen, careworn, air horn, air horn, air horn, air horn. These awful winds, those grinding gears, this pile of bones, that's why I'm here. Wild frontier. These violent drums, those primal fears, this pool of mud, that's why I'm here. This is what I like to call a whoa. Dude, you ever just like think about molecules? Right. Track. Yeah. I, th- I mean, this is a decent closer. You yeah. Know? Uh, uh, I really like the hook on it. Yeah, it's very fun. Yeah, I think it's. I think it's got a got a, a impactful hook. But again, it is one of those things where it's like the last track by this point in the album. I feel like we already have like four other of mm-hmm. these songs. Yeah. That like it, it, it. It's hard to say. Like I feel like this album should have been edited down a little bit, but also. I don't necessarily think any of these are like bad songs. No, definitely not. Um, on their own. I kind of wish they were on their own EP. Yeah, yeah, like the last the last four or five tracks. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I think just as an album, like it would have been a little more cohesive if it was tightened right. up a little bit. Yeah. Uh, I mean, and that's that's kind of an issue with Aesop Rock yeah. albums in general. He's, you, he's that guy that talks a lot. Usually... His collaboration albums are much tighter. Mm-hmm. Um, like I think uh, Malibu Ken only has like ten songs on it. Yeah, you know, and it's perfect. Mm-hmm. It goes by like a breeze. But uh, I mean, this album still. I feel like this album goes by pretty quick. It's a little. It does. It's a little front loaded. Mm-hmm. You know. But yeah. Like all like the songs are the songs are bangers. Mm-hmm. I think. Um, you know maybe swapping the track list around a little bit and yeah. putting some of these like singles later in the track might have helped or even just taking that whole um mid section where mm-hmm. it's kind of talking into or going into like how the depression started maybe just sliding those back a little bit and then moving water tower up right, behind right. get out of the car yeah you know yeah for sure mm-hmm. that's my i mean honestly like this is still like a 9.5 out of 10 for me yeah. it's still an amazing album it's very special to me because of like mm-hmm. the influence it had early in our relationship right. this was like the first thing that you shared with me you know and i and i feel like <coughs> it's it's the most uh the most like personal that you kind of get with ASAP Rock, you know, you kind of feel like you listen to this and you you get a much better sense of like who he is mm-hmm. as a person. Um, I feel like, and like I said, it's by far the most accessible album the man's ever done. Definitely, like, like to this day too. Like I don't think he's, <laughs> I don't think he's made an album as accessible as this like since. Right. Um, you know, that's in- including all of the collaborations and stuff that like that that he's done. Since then, uh, I, I just feel like this is kind of like 
the peak. Like this is this is his magnum opus. Yeah. And everything he's done since then is kind of like victory laps. Yeah, I'd, I'd say that's fair to say because um, um, a lot of this um, kind of thematically comes back up in Field Guide to the Spirit World, which released yeah. in 2020. Yeah, but uh, that one is definitely more abstract yes which i like i like that that's the direction he's pivoting to he 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 went because because he was always known for being super abstract and like his songs you know being kind of like there was always a joke is like oh you have to like have a dictionary ready when you stop rock or like I remember seeing a Twitter thread where someone tried to say, that, like, no, Aesop Rock has actually said in interviews that, like, uh, most of his songs aren't really about anything. He just rhymes words together that sound cool. And it's like... No, when you actually go through no. and read, like, he's writing poetry. Yeah. And even those even those older, like, more obtuse songs are, like, when you actually sit down to, like, read the lyrics and, like, you know, use your thinking brain a little bit, uh, they're not that... They're not that difficult they're not yeah. that inaccessible you know yeah. you, but like I'll, the the key is just remembering that especially on his early songs most of those songs were about skateboarding and graffiti yeah <laughs> yeah and just growing up in new york so do we want to get into uh some of the one star reviews for this album um i closed that page because that's the one that had the ad playing on it Oops. but it's it, it's most it's mostly like Stuff like what I was reading from that spin. Yeah. Argo, it's like, oh, this all kind of sounds the same and it all blends together. And right. You know. But, um, yeah, my uh, we'll do favorite and least favorite. Yep. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and say... I'm not going to say Get Out of the Car because it feels like the obvious one. I'm going to go Blood Sandwich yeah. as, as my favorite track. I'm going to go with Kirby. Oh, yeah? Mm-hmm. Um, and then I'm going to say Defender is probably my least favorite song. Yeah, I would say mine too. It's a weird yeah. hook. It's it, it, it's kind of yeah. just floating out in the void there at the back end of the album. Mm-hmm. It's not a bad song. Like no. Even a bad Aesop Rock song is still better than a lot of people's best. Right. And overall, I still think it's kind of a perfect... It, it, it's basically a perfect album. What would opinion. you give it out of 10? Uh, probably a 9. You yeah. Know? Yeah. Um, but yeah, that, that, that'll do it for this episode. So we uh, got to do our plugs. Hashtag yes. always be plugging. Yeah, we got to do the plugs. Uh, so don't forget to follow us on Twitter and on Instagram at MBF Records Pod. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Frequency Shifts. And you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Amanda Moonchild. Or if you'd like to see my moth slash art content, you can follow me on Instagram at Spicy Pisces Crazies. <laughs> And uh, <laughs> I, I'm 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 laughing and smiling at Amanda because I already did the shuffle. Oh no! <laughs> what is it? Oh, this is this is gonna be really funny. What is it? Because we are doing one thousand Gex <laughs> and the Tree of Clues. Woo! We're doing the remix album. Let's fucking go! We're doing a, doing a real mixed bag of bullshit on this. Yes, let's go! There's Fallout Boy on this album, yes. folks. That's right. Oh my god! This is my time to shine. It's my podcast we're now. Do- we're doing a geck. We're doing a geck. Yep. Uh, so that will do it. Yeah. Thanks for sticking around with us through this whole episode. I knew it was going to be a long one, but what did we end up at? Uh, we are at about two hours. <laughs> uh, so it's probably just Zach and my mom listening. At yeah. this point. Thank you guys for joining us. This has been fun. Yeah. We'll see you next time. Bye.